youth and young at heart take 500 <laughs> um welcome to this week's podcast episode if you're watching welcome to my lovely bathroom and if you're listening welcome to the acoustic of my lovely bathroom um it won't last long i did film this this episode elsewhere in my house um but yeah welcome um whether you're a saint francis youth a saint francis mature congregation member um or whether you're from anywhere else in the world let us know in the comments um but yeah welcome to this week's podcast episode um me and paul had a really lovely time this week talking to rachel who is the founder of the mental health of uh, the christian mental health charity uh, think twice and it was really nice to get to know her a little bit and talk about the work she does um with changing the way the church looks at mental health and the different things we can do as a community um but yeah i really hope you enjoy this week's episode if not just listening to my gorgeous tones waffle on um but before we enter this week's mental health pod themed podcast words um let's remind ourselves of the five ways to well-being that's a w for those of you listening to this, I'm putting up through five fingers and then three. Step one, one not ten, uh, in our five ways to well-being has got to be keeping active. If you know me, you're probably wondering, Paul, why you asked her to talk about being active? And honestly, I say the same, but I do also say this. So keeping active is not only really important for our physical health, but it's also vital for our mental health. And this keeping a lot of people think keeping active means doing the the instagram um, running 5k or it means going to an online spin class or you know being joe wicks's best mate i tried to do one of his workouts didn't enjoy it my way of keeping active in times like this is putting on my pjs putting on an 80s album and having a boogie and it's all about what you need and what you want in times like this because no one has to see it, no one's going to see it unless you obviously post it online. But it's all about you and how you want to progress in your five ways. Um, but yeah, have a dance party, go on a run, you do you. Let's find out what step number two is. Lovely. <laughs> the second way to well-being is learning. What a great way to keep us occupied during lockdown. My top tip for this is make it as exciting and enjoyable as possible. Now, let's not lie, schoolwork is often dull. It's not the most exciting learning we do, but other types can be great. For example, learning a new instrument, maybe practicing a football skill, or some of us enjoy reading. And of course, God is always waiting for us to spend time with him. Um, so go for it. The Bible is a great place to start with that. It can be anything, but trying to better ourselves through learning should be something fun and something we want to do every day we can. The third way to well-being is to give. And my top tip for doing this during lockdown would be just to pray that God will use you to be a blessing to others and that he'll show you the opportunities because I think at a time like this, it can be really hard to know what to do. Um, and some ideas are just checking on your elderly neighbours, calling someone who's really isolated at the moment, or it can be as simple as smiling at someone on their daily dog walk, um, 
or making someone in your house a cup of tea. Hi guys, it's Seb here. Hope everyone's doing all right. Um, Paul has asked me to talk about the fourth way of well-being, which is take notice. Obviously, we're trapped inside our houses, so taking notice of the outside world is extremely difficult. Um, my tip for you is to go on a walk, run or cycle ride and take in the beauty of Mother Nature. I think it's important we also take notice of other people, so not being greedy, helping older generations on our streets and helping the NHS most importantly. I've done my part by doing a 555 challenge, running 5 kilometers, donating £5 and nominating 5 more people. This is really beneficial for our health and the NHS, which is two really important things in this period of time. Now I'll stop talking, thank you. The fifth and final way to well-being is to connect. In many ways during this time we are overconnected. We are talking to people all the time through our phones, through text messages, through WhatsApp groups, through uh, Zoom conversations. And actually what can sometimes end up being missed is, is the depth. Uh, it's harder to go deeper with those around us. So uh, my top tip during COVID-19 lockdown is to try and find some space to go deep. That might be a phone call uh, to a close friend every week. It might be a letter to a grandparent. Whatever that is, just a way where you're able to go just under the surface and, uh, and really just share how you're feeling and put the world to rights together. Okay. Hello. Welcome, Rachel. <coughs> Thank you. Um, hello. Hello. Welcome to our lovely podcast. Um, so you are the lovely founder of Think Twice. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what Think Twice is? So Think Twice is a Christian charity and we work with churches and kind of Christian organisations to help them to better understand mental health and mental illnesses and we provide training so for um, youth workers and people like that to try and equip them to understand mental health conditions and then we do a lot of awareness stuff mainly online and um, increasingly on Instagram and um, to, to I guess change the conversation around mental health I think when we first started sort of nine and a half years ago we were very much thinking about awareness of mental health and what that looked like in a church context but actually over the last nearly decade the conversations changed because actually people know mental health issues exist but we've still got a really long way to go when it comes to understanding and so that's kind of the the forefront i guess of, of us at the moment thank you so much for sharing that and um i'd be really interested in how that kind of came about was this sort of born out of your own experience of mental health in church yes yeah, so i think twice came about in a slight strange way um, in that when I was 16 I was admitted to a mental health unit for the night um, I took an overdose and I was really quite poorly um, and it I was 16 and I was put on an adult ward and it was a pretty horrendous experience and it was noisy um, and quite frightening for me at the time and my mum just kind of like shoved my iPod, it was an iPod shuffle because it was 2007, um, into my into my hands and I kind of just clicked play um, and it was a, a sermon from my minister and my church um, talking about John chapter 1 about the, the light coming into the darkness and the darkness not understanding it and I had this sense kind of in the midst of everything that we've got to shine in here and I was like okay don't really know what that means or what that means for right now that kind of lay dormant for for a good long while and then when i went to uni and worked on um 
some mental health units as a chaplaincy assistant. I had that same thing when I first went onto a mental health unit. I was like, we've got to shine in here, but I didn't really know what to do. So I did what you do when you don't really know what to do when you're 20. And I started a Facebook page and a blog. I got my friend to design a logo for something that didn't yet exist. <coughs> and yeah, I started something what, that was mental health prayer um, at my uni at the time. Um, and then that's kind of grown into, into the training we do now, really. The, the training that we offer now started kind of right at the beginning in those, those mental health prayer sessions. Oh, wow, that sounds lovely. Um, so, Paul, this week, put on our Instagram, we're also very heavy Instagrammers down here, um, and one of the questions we got was, what part should a church play in supporting people struggling with mental health? So what would you, what would you say to that? So I think one of the really important things to, to note is that we as the church are called to be the people of God. And that doesn't mean we are called to do everything for everybody. Sometimes we have a tendency to think that actually as church we need to be doing everything for everyone. But I think actually our role in it is to be is to be the light and to be supportive. And so that means having a general awareness of mental health conditions in our churches. It means connecting with the emotions of the people that we're preaching about when we're talking from the Bible. But it also means being kind of well networked in our community so that we're able to point people to the help they need. Mm -hmm. You know, we would never say to somebody who's diabetic, oh, it's all right, we'll just pray about it, we can sort that out. Um, and yet, for some reason, in terms of mental health, we, I think we think we can deal with it a lot more. Mm. And I think that having said that, there's a bit of a, a dichotomy because we we don't want to get to a point where we have kind of made all of our emotions mental illnesses because actually part and parcel of life is sadness and anger and the feelings that don't necessarily feel nice and they're really important for us um, but I think when it is getting to the point that it's interfering with how we do life and that was my kind of I guess my cutoff so if people are Living or experiencing lots of anxiety or feeling really angry um, actually we can support them in that and we can um, chat with them we can pray with them we can kind of perhaps think about some creative ways that they can manage it but if it's getting to the point where it's starting to interfere with their life and um, starting to interfere with schoolwork or general work or socializing that's when actually we need to say kind of call the professionals mm -hmm. so I think it's about for the church it's about recognizing that our emotions and the whole spectrum of our emotions are valid and important mm -hmm. um, helping particularly young people to to know how to engage with those emotions so um you know anger in and of itself is not a bad emotion jesus got angry but actually how in that anger do we respond and there are some healthy ways to respond and some not so healthy ways so kind of looking at that and um, and yeah and then knowing at the point to which to say i think we need you need more help than we can offer at the moment um, and then support them in that process of, of accessing help yeah that's lovely and as young people obviously we we have schools we have colleges and all sorts of groups we can go to but why do you think church is such an important place for us to to like have that knowledge and have that support from us from church specifically when it's at its best 
churches can be the most honest places in our communities. No, that's not to say they always are, but they have the possibility to be because actually the gospel tells us that there is nothing we can do that separates us from the love of God. And that knowledge therefore should mean we can talk about the really difficult stuff. And also knowing that, that we can bring that really difficult stuff before God. Um, a lot of the work I'm kind of doing alongside the Think Twice stuff in, in terms of writing and speaking is around lament and actually saying I think lament is one of those things that is really vital for, for church. Um, lament is, is being able to say to God, this hurts, this is rubbish, help me and trust that God will do something with it. Not necessarily that he'll, you know, snap his fingers and make it all better, but actually that he will reveal himself to us in it. And I think as Christians, being able to reconnect with that kind of lament as a part and part of our church year is really important. And it's important for young people because, you know, as adolescents, feelings go from 0 to 100 about 20 times a day. Um, and being able to say, actually, you know what, I'm feeling really hormonal. <laughs> Um, and I don't know what I'm feeling, I, you know, I feel all over the place. We can bring that to God. And that might, you know, at first that might feel really uncomfortable, but actually the, the better we get at, at being honest with God, the more connected we're going to feel. Um, and part of that is, is you know, reading in scriptures. It doesn't talk particularly about hormones in scripture because I don't think they had a sense of what they were. But it does talk about all the different emotions that we can possibly experience and that they we can bring them before God. It's so helpful to to think like that because I think often um, one of the things I've observed in churches is that we we operate on like the sort of level of truth so we're like you know here is what you should think and here's what you should do. We've not always been very good at saying okay how do you feel what's going on and actually you know that matters to God. He, he, the whole person matters to God, doesn't it? And um, how, I mean, practically, how how could churches who are on that journey of of moving towards, I guess, more of a an emotionally healthy spirituality, or um, yeah, how how could you help them make that transition? So I think there are a few key things. The first is um, to get some general basic awareness. Um, Obviously, they can come to think twice for training, um, but also you know, read books on it and um, go to seminars when, you know, next year when there are uh, new wine and all of that. There are always mental health seminars and stuff. And actually, they're a really good starting point to say, OK, this is something we need to consider in church. Likewise, there are loads of great books around that um, people can access and begin to digest in, in the way they're thinking. The second thing is to include mental health conditions in your intercessory prayers in church. Um, you know, we pray in churches for everything from, you know, climate change to Aunt Edna's broken leg. And actually we, we need to be praying about mental health issues and um, praying about the services that serve people because they're often really struggling. Um, and praying for individuals, you know, named if they want to be, but we don't need to name them. God doesn't need us to tell, you know, name people in order to pray for them in church. Um, and thirdly, as I said, it's to connect with the emotions of the people in the scripture stories that we're talking about. Scripture wasn't written in a vacuum, um, and everyone 
every character in scripture has their own emotional journey and their emotional life um, and that's important to God and I think by kind of using that in our preaching it can be really valuable um, and really encouraging for people to, to kind of begin to open up about it themselves. So helpful Rachel thank you. Um, uh, we are obviously in an incredibly unique and difficult time at the moment of COVID-19 <laughs> lockdown have you got any sort of top tips for looking after your mental well-being um, during this time? Um, I think the first thing is to make sure you get outside if you're able. Um, and so for, for most people, they'll be able to get outside for their one hour a day, for their exercise. Um, for some people, you have a garden, so you can get out for way more than that. Um, and for others, you know, even if, you know, those who are most at risk who might be shielding, um, if there is the possibility to um, either stand by a window if, if that is the most you can do um, or spend some time in your garden in your on your own if that's possible too we get that fresh air um, try and have some regular rhythm around eating and sleeping and um, it's really easy I think to go to bed really late and get up really late when there's nothing specific um, and then meal times kind of go a bit all out of whack because of that that having a rhythm, not necessarily a timed routine, um, but having a rhythm is really important. Um, because apart from anything else, it helps with our circadian rhythm, which is kind of what controls our sleep, which means we'll sleep better. Um, and thirdly, I think it's it's finding stuff to, to do in your day um, that isn't just watching Netflix. That doesn't mean we shouldn't watch Netflix because I've watched a bit. Um, but actually, you know, is it reading the Bible for a bit? Is it listening to a podcast? Is it, um, you know, I don't know, doing some colouring in or doing something creative if that's your your thing? But finding something that is not screen based, I think, um, to do for a couple of hours a day. Um, yeah, I think they're probably the main things. That's very good. Yes, I need to. It reminds me actually, I need to go and sit in my garden at some point soon, get some fresh oxygen in me. Um, but. And obviously churches a lot, I feel anyway, um, a lot of Jesus' time or time spent with God can be really quiet. Um, so obviously that's a really good way to kind of sit with yourself and, and sit with him. But what would you say to someone who um, often, as if you're sitting on your own, just trying to talk to him, like, you know, it's very easy for your brain to get distracted. And obviously with mental health issues, that's all inside your head. So what would you say to kind of keep the focus on, on him rather than what's going on in your life? I think in some ways you don't necessarily need to. So, you know, when stuff is coming up, to say, you know, saying a short prayer around that. So, you know, almost allowing yourself to be interrupted by your thoughts and then taking, mm. including that thought in the prayer. Um, but also some people find writing or drawing much more easy to focus and um, some people find it really like nice to like colour while they're praying so that they've got something to do with their hands so that they can kind of focus a bit. There are some great journaling bibles as well so you can kind of, I mean I have one, mine's like in pencil like scribbled notes but some people have really beautiful ones um, but I think find a, a kind of a way that you find it easier to connect and actually you know it might be laying in the sun in your garden with the um podcast of the bible in your in your earphones with the audiobook and um, i think it's free and audible at the moment um yeah so just try and 
get, I guess, be creative and, and don't feel that you have to do things in a certain way in order to connect with God. That's really lovely. And um, one of our last questions was, obviously, whether it's in times like this, whether it's for someone who's got mental health issues or whether it's just a Tuesday in Sainsbury's, um, obviously a big question for Christians of all ages is like, is he really there? Or like, can I actually put my trust in this person? So obviously linking to the mental health movement, what would you say to someone who kind of is questioning a lot of the time that when we're struggling so much, or again, just a Tuesday in Sainsbury's, what would you say to someone who is struggling to like remind themselves that he is there? I think it's about not stopping talking <laughs> to God, even when you can't feel it. And even if you don't you know, necessarily feel any immediate benefit from it, but just kind of keeping that line of communication open, whether it be through prayer or through writing or reading the Bible or whatever it is. Um, and being as honest with God as, as possible. You know, any relationship, if you only show somebody your best side all the time, your relationship is not going to get very deep um, because they're not going to be able to get to know the real you. Um, and so I think actually with God, if we are able to... I guess bring him our best and our worst and he knows it anyway which kind of makes it a bit easier but be honest with him about how we're feeling and say actually you know I don't get this um this really hurts or you know what god I I don't feel like I like being a christian at the moment um and having those brutal conversations that brutal kind of thought process out loud with god um I think is key um sometimes we can't find the words and so using things like the psalms so that they can give language to stuff perhaps that we we don't have language for um the writer of the psalms went through you know everything from wars to adultery to murder and, and then really joyful things as well and so i think using the psalms like that i like i quite like using the message translation for psalms and um, because it reminds us just how real and current i guess the the feelings and emotions experienced were rachel thank you so much for for coming on our podcast and uh sharing your wisdom with us it's been amazing so helpful how can we connect with you obviously you write you've got a great book do you want to tell us a little bit about how we can uh, find out about you <laughs> Um, thank you. So, uh, website for Think Twice is www.thinktwiceinfo.org, um, and we're Think Twice Info on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then, um, for me personally, it's www.rachelnewham.com, um, and I'm Rachel Newham ninety, um, on kind of on all social media. Um, and yet, yeah, there are kind of lots of links to, to how you can get the book Learning to Breathe, um, which is available to buy from. Amazon and Christian bookshops and other places that sell books. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. It's been great. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>